0: Welcome to the What's Your
1: Weird Story podcast. So, what do you want to do?
0: Well, let's tell them what we're doing then, Bear. We're uh, we're taking a break from weird stories this week, and we're taking a, a sidestep out of our tour of Weirdsville, and we are going to play for you, or you're going to play it because you're listening to it. But we're bringing you our our side project.
1: Yeah, Spin Jamarama. This is the first yeah. one.
0: Yeah, it's been uh, much anticipated and uh long awaited. We figured that, you know, now's a good time to go ahead and bring it out for you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I th- I think people are going to be uh intrigued by what we've come up with, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's cool. It's, you know, it's it's basically if you if your favorite part of this show is us talking, then this is for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, bless you.
0: Oh, yeah. All right. So without further ado, let's drop that needle and let it spin jammerama. Right, Barry, that was a uh, cool little intro tune you wrote for us.
1: Well, thanks, man.
0: I try. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, how you guys doing? It is me, Adam Beebe, and I am with, as always, Barry Johnston. Yo. You probably recognize our voices from our uh, main podcast, What's Your Weird Story? Uh, chances are, if you're listening to this, you listen to that. If you don't... Well, you should.
1: So this is completely different, though. This is spinjammerama. We're switching gears a little bit. Not really switching gears, because we, we do talk about music a little bit on uh, the What's Your Word Story podcast, but we're kind of taking it to the next level. Because we love music so much, a lot of times you and I, we will sit and just gab about bands or records yeah. or whatever, and yeah. we kind of thought, you know, like... Why don't we just do something like that where we talk about records? When you first were talking about this, the first thing that came into my mind was, why not maybe do some things? won't you know, there's a lot of review shows out there. Why don't we do mm-hmm. something a little bit different at least mm-hmm. out of our comfort zone a little bit? So we picked some a bunch of different random stuff that you and I yep. we may or may not listen to very much of. A lot yeah. of it is kind of something that's out of our, you know, out of our realm of taking time and listening to. So, yeah. so it's cool. It's a different way to do things. We'll probably get into bands that both of you and I are really into and, and get, get into that kind of stuff yeah. and do deep dives. But the idea of, of listening to other records that we would probably not listen to is a cool, yeah. I think it's a cool angle
0: yeah, man. I agree. it's it's something that you know we we when, when we started honing in on that, it was stuff that uh, bands we may be familiar with or just know the name of we've seen around forever. yeah, um you know, that we hadn't really been exposed to too much or maybe we've been a little bit exposed to mm-hmm. in the past, you know, but we wanted to educate ourselves more right. on it. and we, so we we will we pick a band at random. And, uh, cause we got a random, uh, spinning wheel with, uh, we put all the bands names on and we got, God, man, we probably put, came up easily with like 50
1: bands. Oh, easily. <laughs> and that's so, without even thinking.
0: All right. Right. Exactly. So we spent, we're going to spin it. And when we're done today, we're going to spin it again here live on the air. And, um, uh, and, and pit, we'll announce what the next one will be. Um, but, um. But yeah, so we picked a couple at random and um, we're just going to, you know, we listen to probably the most uh, well-known or well-regarded or whatever albums, you know, we'll pick one out and uh, we'll talk, we'll get, take some time to really get into it, listen to it for, you know, a few weeks or however long we need, really digest it and uh, come back and talk about it like we do our uh, normal stuff, That's you know, like just off air, like we talk about how we talk used to off air, but, um, so yeah, so that's the whole idea of it. And, um, this is a, um, uh, it's going to be a, every once in a while deal.
1: Yeah. So, as we can do it. What we're going to do is we're going to run this under the, what's your word story umbrella, but just do these are going to be like, you know, for lack of a better term, a side project, you know, yeah. um, and so we're going to come out with these just kind of as as we get to them, and it does come down to us having enough time to listen to them properly. Yeah. Listen to these records, really give them some time. Um, a lot of times when people review records, I don't think they really sit with them for very long, and yeah. that's something that I kind of want to do. You know, uh, I don't want to cheat. You know, any any artist out of of a good of a good listen. So, you know, that's that's the idea.
0: Yeah. So beyond just being a couple of uh, you know, close to middle aged white dudes that like music a whole whole lot, because I mean how many else are there out there that are like us? Um we have a little bit of a pedigree, our credentials, you know, in, right. in music. Uh Barry here is um you know, he's a he is a legit audio engineer, extraordinaire. Wow.
1: Um you're too kind. You're too kind.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, he's 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 recorded uh, he's recorded bands um, in studio, and he's produced albums on his own. He's also done just about every single thing you can do on a tour as a member of the band or working with or for a band. I mean, he's done you know the house sound. He's done all sort of you know guitar tech, uh, drum tech. You name it: production manager,
1: tour manager, you know, selling merch, everything. I've, I've, I've basically done it. So,
0: yeah. So he's done all of that. Plus, he is a singer and a songwriter and a musician.
1: That's my first love.
0: Yeah. So that's the angle that he looks at things when he listens. That he uses all of all of those resources and that education to take. An approach at, you know, from what he listens to—that's the right. filter he uses. Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: and that—that's. And that, um, I think that, that's important to talk about too, because, you know, you you come at it from um, a, an angle of you also played in bands, and 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 toured, and you did the whole enchilada, but you're also a fan of getting in depth to records and you know, having emotional ties and it's it's just two different uh, ways of looking at uh, at art really and music. Yeah. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. So we thought, hey, this would make an interesting balance in uh, to how to approach the, you know, review these albums. So so anyway, we hope <laughs> that uh, that's not too long of an introduction and we hope that this is something that piques your interest and um, that you'll want to hear us uh, talk more about but uh, let's put our money where our shakers are no wait let's put our money where our mouth is and put our shake our money makers and let's, let's 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 review an album let's do that so our first album uh, that we've randomly selected to go into was uh, Frank Zappa, and uh, we were, the first artist was Frank Zappa, and we chose apostrophe, which uh, was supposed to be, I guess, his most uh, successful album, yeah, his most recognized. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it sold the most copies. Yep. Okay. Yep. Right now, and Zappa was one that you were interested in.
1: Yeah, exploring. Let yeah. me let me just explain this. Let me explain <laughs> the reason why is because okay. as a a music lover, um, sometimes you like to push your boundaries, and sometimes mm-hmm. you try to get yourself out of your comfort zone. And Frank Zappa has always been one of those guys that like musicians, musicians listen yeah. to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your favorite mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. guy, and so. I've tried to listen to Zappa in the past and I've, I just kind of put him on there just because I was like, well, that could be cool. Let's, let's go listen to, and, and really try to pay attention to what he was doing, even though it's not in like my wheelhouse.
0: Right. Which is the whole point of
1: this, you know, trying to explore, you know, expose ourselves to, uh, use things. So, and there might be records that we love that we do. And there might be some that we hate. Right. And, uh, This one, yeah.
0: (laughs) This this one was tough, right? This one was tough. It was tough. Yeah. So all right. So let me give a little bit of historical context here, because this is my um, side from being the uh, former record store employee. The um, you know the I I don't want I don't want to say music snob. I don't think I was ever too much of a music snob, but uh, mm -hmm. but anyway, yeah. Um, Zappa is one of those that you're supposed to be really appreciate. You know, you're supposed to like, you know, because he's like, because he's Frank Zappa, right? right? You know, he's got he carries this heaviness this with him. He carries this, you know, respectability and right. and you know and I'm you know he's he's a, he is a driving force and he's been and, but he's definitely you know he's on the underground kind of side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this album came out in 1974. Um, it was recorded in sessions between 1969 and, uh, like early 1974. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, his 18th album,
1: 18th, which album. is in that insane 18th,
0: dude. And that wasn't even near the end. I don't even know. I don't know how many he did all together, but that wasn't near the end. Dude. That's
1: dude. Cause this is
0: 74 and he was just right. kicking off. So, right. So, yeah. So, um, Here's to give you an idea there of what else was around that year, what the scene was with n- new music yep. of that year. Yep. Here's some of the albums that came out: uh, "Planet Waves" by Bob Dylan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. "Radio City" by Big Star. Wow, I love Big Star, man. I know you do. Yeah. Um, "Rock and Roll Animal" by yeah. Lou Reed. Wow rush by rush their first yeah. album
1: self-titled right, album by right. rush wow <laughs> hey rest in peace uh neil Peart. yeah oh man. my gosh man dude i've been on such a rush kick dude like yeah 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 i got emotional man like yeah. for the for the past two days man i've been mourning neil pert because yeah. he's just he's one of those guys it's one in a, a, a gazillion you know yeah
0: for sure man for sure Um, Also, that year was Queen 2 by Queen. Wow. Uh, Diamond Dogs by David Bowie. Wow. (laughs) Too Much Too Soon by New York Dolls. Wow. Wow. 461 Ocean Boulevard by Eric Clapton. Damn. Um, Dark Horse by George Harrison. Wow. Kiss by Kiss. Wow. Autobahn by Kraftwerk.
1: Wow. That's a big one. And that is a huge one, dude. Yeah. And
0: one of my personal all-time favorite albums, Here Come the Warm Jets by Brian Eno.
1: Yeah. Brian Eno, man. That's a
0: huge uh, year huge. in music, man. And huge. Massive diversity in just this short list. I mean, yeah, I think Dolly Parton also put out Jolene that year. Wow.
1: You know, I mean, just massive. doesn't that blow that, your mind? Because like, yeah. if you look at that kind of musical diversity and put it up against today's musical diversity, <laughs> there is none. Like, yeah, it, that is, and that's the thing about Frank Zappa that I, I think, I'll I'll say is the most admirable thing about the guy. He never did what. People wanted him to do he stuck to his guns and he did his art the way that he wanted to do it hmm regardless he wasn't a great singer he mm-hmm. you know he was an incredibly accomplished musician on every other front and just his music was odd and strange mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what he did and he did it very well he did it very well and this record yeah. is no exception yes,
0: yeah so let's go ahead and let's jump into it um overall what was your first impression of the album it's quirky as fuck <laughs> barry i think you're being kind
1: it's quirky uh, as words. fuck <laughs> yeah. it, it is yeah it is um it's challenging it's challenging mhm mm-hmm.
0: i think like the way i when from the from the first track um it reminds me of uh the first track is don't eat the yellow snow yeah and uh, the first three tracks are kind of like a they're like one song it's, it's like one song it's like a um you know for uh, the the it's like a con- almost like a concept album, exactly. but then it breaks off. Yeah. Um. So I thought that's where we were going. I thought we were going concept album, but right. um. It, but yeah, as soon as we get into that first song, and um, I'm 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 just reminded of every time I've tried to get into Zappa in the past. Yeah. Where the music is really good. It's yeah. technically really good. Yes. But it, it's it's noodly, right does that make any sense it, it is you know?
1: it is musical jerking off yes. and yeah and this is this is why for me is not kind of my thing because i don't enjoy that either i'm not a real noodly kind of a guy like i like meat potatoes kind of stuff um, mm-hmm. I like a good hook, and but I'll say this, man: the recording is spot on. It's fantastic. It holds up today. It really does. The production's great. Um, yeah. Bob Ludwig yeah. had something to do with that. He is a he's a world renowned um, mastering engineer, but he um, he shows him as tech. he was a tech on this record. I don't know what that could mean. That he helped um, sculpt sounds it could mean that he was in the studio actually like soldering gear it could have been been a bunch of things but he he had his hands on this record so sonically speaking it's it's fantastic and, and it's fantastic and uh, and would warrant a guy's name like that also Bob Hughes is another engineer on the record they used a bunch of guys because like you said it was recorded over a span of, of five years Um So different studios, different um, engineers. Um, Back in those days, they didn't spend... well, they didn't technically call anybody a mastering engineer or a, a mixing engineer. So it's kind of, the credits are mm. kind of weird. It just has engineer next to guy's name. So you kind of get, you know, right. you don't know what exactly that they did. But usually what would happen is is you'd get done with the session, and then they would they would do a mix, and then that would be kind of your final copy, you know. Um, yeah. the yeah,
0: And I'm sure Zappa himself had a heavy hand in it. Yes. Uh, because... He was, you know, he, these are extremely constructed yes songs. Right. You know, that's one thing I noted uh, uh, is that these are like really like, even though they sound, um, they're very noodly, and then some, there's, there definitely a lot of it comes probably from jamming. Um, there's also like just a lot of orchestratedness right.
1: to these yes. songs. Right. And that, that too is another good point about Zappa is that he's really a composer, you know, he, he, Mm -hmm. and he's known with working with some of the greatest musicians of our time. And, um, he, so like he had, we talked about this before, but Jack Bruce plays on a song, Jack Bruce from Cream plays on, um, Apostrophe, Mm -hmm. the actual, the title track, um, off the record. Um, but you were telling me that you found something on there that said that Jack said that he didn't think that he played on that, um, song, (laughs) which is is
0: funny. Yeah. Zappa, Zappa noted him as being bass on that song, but that's apparently a kind of, uh, controversial Mm -hmm. thing because Jack Bruce himself, um, said that he didn't play bass. He came in, um, and like just did some, like, um, added some, like, just he, with his cellos, uh, added some sounds okay. with the okay. cello, and some pretty you know weird stuff there. But like, uh, but he doesn't recall um, actually playing.
1: That's bass, funny. You know, what's so. funny about that is because I saw an interview with Zappa talking about Jack Bruce playing on that song, and he said, "I found it very difficult to play with the guy because he was so fucking noodly," is what yeah. he said. He said he he doesn't play ba- yeah. root notes. He's like, he doesn't play, he didn't fucking stick to the root note. So I found it very difficult to play with him. And which is funny, <laughs> if that's the case, that, that he didn't play on it uh, would be hilarious. But uh, but yeah, no, it, it, and it, and there's so many other people. The background singers on that record are fantastic. Like, you know, the, yeah, uh, oh, all, the of them, all the quirky weird shit. Go ahead. Here, here's the thing one
0: of those uh, uncredited background singers uh-huh. is Tina Turner. No shit. Which is,
1: Pretty cool. She's yeah, no. She's nowhere on the listing, man. No shit. Album credit. Right, but here. Wow. Yeah. I pulled it up on the uh,
0: on Wikipedia, page and There she is, which is really cool because, and that's one of those things. This is, you know, a lot of like really extremely talented professional musicians. Yeah. Wanted to and did work with Zappa. I mean, he's got George Duke on here as well. I mean, he's got amazing people. Right. Working with him because. Right. That's amazing. People respected what he was of doing. Of course, you know? and this was so, yeah, so weird yeah. so avant-garde. Yes, for that time of you know of the of, of you know when music was coming out. I mean, right. so so different, so strange. You know, and, and he's, so,
1: he, he was blending a bunch of different styles of music too. You know, he's uh-huh. some rock, some jazz, some um, some blues. Um, I mean, just all over the place, man some big band type Mm -hmm. stuff like he did Mm -hmm. he did some crazy stuff and i think that his um his in order to keep that intact to have the kind of mind to write that kind of stuff especially back then when we didn't have the um we didn't have the technology to record uh demos like we do now where everyone had, mm-hmm. you know, everyone had a, uh, a computer, you know, or has a computer now. Um, they had a four track uh, or yep. if they were lucky. Um, so he was doing it in a time that was a, a much more difficult um, time to, to record those things um, mm-hmm. like, like, and, and, and make a roadmap for the record. Uh, Cause what you would do is you would, you would go in and you record, the pre-production was basically a warm-up to when, you know, you're going to record all the songs, get them kind of the way you want it before you go in the studio. So you don't waste a bunch of time while you're in the studio. Um, and so I'm, I have a feeling that that a lot of pre-production had to go on, on these types of records. Cause there's so much going I would on, imagine. you know,
0: I would imagine, but uh, I would imagine. But again, that's why it took so long probably to, you know, Know, right record this and i think it, in some ways this is a um yeah i mean well, i guess all albums are you know recorded beforehand and put together but this right. is like you know kind of bits and pieces from here and there you know for the you know over a couple of years period yep. of. but i guess it's thematically you know kind of
1: goes through stuff so right right no it's good i think that like we said, we, you know, this may not be something that is is necessarily in my wheelhouse, but my whole goal is to find something positive with these records, mm-hmm. and 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 that's kind of the way I feel about it. The musicality of it is just ridiculous, man. It's fucking. These guys are yeah. all super high caliber players, and and um, and it comes across, and you can feel, you know, just the way that that music was recorded back in the day it Mm. just has an organic feeling to it Um, it it doesn't you know what I mean it doesn't feel contrived um, even if it's not your thing you know you can at least get that from it that there's a lot of organic stuff going on
0: yeah music is amazing because you've got like you said you've got you know you've got kind of improv sounding stuff you know you got stuff that are that's like almost like a a commercial jingle. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got jazzy stuff. You've got some really cool, like, you know, prog rock stuff. You've got, you know, definitely groove. And you've got, like, um, some, like, you know, so sti- psych blues type stuff, you know? Right. Um, but the thing that really kind of put me off um, is the lyrics. Right. The You know, the right. lyrics are... I know Zappa wasn't overall a, you know, he was, he did a lot of comedy type stuff or, you know, silly kind of things. And to me, it's just like, you know, if I was probably, if I was like a 14 year old stoner, I would probably really love this kind of stuff. Having not heard, you know, other kind of stuff because like, you know, don't eat the yellow snow. And, you know, we talk about dog doo doo and pee and just rub it in somebody's face right just I don't know, man. It's just like I know again, nineteen seventy four, this that is much more subversive yeah. than right. um, you know, a lot of other musicians were talking about or a lot of stuff like that. But right. overall, man, you know, just and that's just that's the first part. Then the you know, the uh g- cosmic debris when he's talking about like psychics and mediums and stuff, but it's like almost like this. A skit, you know, or right. like uh, or a Shell Silverstein kind of poem kind of right, thing.
1: Right, right. Um, yeah, it's. I'll it's... tell
0: you, there's two standout tracks
1: for me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead.
0: There's two standout tracks for me. Um, one of them is um, track number seven or um, track two on side two, and that's the title track, Apostrophe.
1: Uh-huh. Yep.
0: And um, I was like when the first, when I, f- the first time I heard that, I was like, this is fucking sick.
1: Yeah. You know, th- this was
0: good. Now yep. here's also the exception is that it's a completely instrumental
1: track. Right.
0: And so I'm right. really focused. I really was really able to focus on the musicianship right. and it's also, it's more proggy. It's, it's not as noodly. I mean, right. it's got the noodly bits, mm-hmm. but it's not as noodly as the rest of it. Yes. Um, you know, a, some of the other songs are like. Um, do you remember the movie Amadeus? Oh yeah. You know, and there's that there's a point where the emperor comes in, and he's like, uh, um, he says his review of uh, this new tune that he's been that has been written for him was too many notes. Right. You know, so a lot of the album to me is like too many notes.
1: A hundred percent. You know, actually. But
0: I- again, that's.
1: No, I agree. That's, that's I, musicianship versus. That is my that is my biggest, th- you know, thing when it comes to to bands with with being too masturbatory in their in their musicality. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, I will say that. A lot of the vocal stuff that throws me off is the talk sing. Like he's the king of the talk sing guy. Like he doesn't right doesn't actually sing. He kind of just you know does these you know funny voices over the over the rhythm. Um, yeah, that that's a big for me. Probably one of the big uh, downfalls. While I think the musicality is great, they can obviously phew, freaking themselves out of a goddamn you know yeah. uh, insert whatever kind of uh, thing you want to in there uh, but I, I don't think it's um, I don't think it'll ever be my thing I don't think it'll ever be my thing but you know Zappa was known to be very prolific He he recorded a mm-hmm. lot of shit like they say that when he died The amount of music that he left recorded was like floor to ceiling. Um, it's in a warehouse or something like that. But they said like he had enough. He had enough material to release a record like every year for like five hundred years or some shit. I don't know. It's something insane. It was like wow, dude. Like not only that, but like his contribution to recording and, and pushing the envelope and, and inventing mm-hmm. things like that comes into play when I'm listening to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I say the same thing about the Beatles. The Beatles are one of the most important bands, not just because they wrote the best songs, but like what they gave to the recording industry. You know, mm-hmm. their their um, their way of looking at recording made the industry have to change and pushed it into the future because they wanted to do shit that nobody could do. It wasn't possible for the machinery that they had in order to do what they wanted to do. Same thing with Frank Zappa. He did the same thing, man. He pushed it He pushed the envelope in every way that you could push it, and he was able to make a living at it. And that says a lot about a Mm -hmm. guy. That says a lot about an artist. He's a true artist. He's more of a Jackson Mm -hmm. Pollock kind of a dude. Um, You know, he just was the kind of guy that could give a fuck about any, you know... Recognition. Um, He didn't. Mm -hmm. His his whole thing was just he wanted to be true to himself, and I got to give him props for that. I'm not. I'm just not the biggest fan of the music.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, man. I totally agree on all those points. Um, I definitely think that the uh, the Jackson Pollock was a good analogy, um, being that somebody who can actually perform technically well and you know and make things that are nice and pretty but who wants to do things that are different that are you know expand the 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 whole genre or the whole concept of what you can do with art with music with these things so right um so yeah i totally right there with you man um there's one other song. Uh, it's Uncle Remus. Uh, mm-hmm. um, that This this is a real standout for me. First, I was like, oh, oh man, because Uncle Remus is... Now, it's that's a term... It, Uncle Remus is from the Disney movie Song of the South. You remember that, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Zippity-doo-dah? Right. Well, that's a movie that Disney has vaulted and probably permanently vaulted because it has some really outdated racial stereotypes. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uncle Remus, who was the, um, uh, the kindly, uh slave, um, who, uh, in the movie, the, you know, or former slave, I can't remember because it's been so long since I've seen it. Right. But, um, he was, uh, the main character. And so to name the song after him in 1974 is completely different than to name something after him in 2020. But, right, um, I was kind of a little bit mm, I don't know, but then you listen to it, and you get into this you know the lyrics, which are serious more i mean it's the only kind of like straightforward serious song in the whole thing, mm-hmm. and um it's it's a reflection on Zappa is talking about how there's you know the race. Issues that right. are happening still concurrently in 1974, where there's still a lot of problem with racism. Mm-hmm. And Zappa was somebody who um, was very like, you know, he had he worked with anybody in any, any race, any creed or whatever. Right. If you were, you know, if you were good at doing, you know, your craft You know, if you were a musician who could sing well or you could play well or do whatever, you know, and could mesh with him, you know, um, he didn't care. And so he was very anti-racism and he was very active in that. So this is a song that uh, has some lyrics about, you know, going and knocking over all of the uh, jockey statues in rich people's lawns. Right. Um, You know, those historically, you know, blacker than black you know, statues of jockeys that would be, you know, that, that there's racist stereotypes. And so this is a song about him trying to, you know, reject and smash those kind of racial stereotypes and stuff. And I really like, that's really cool. You yeah, know, um, right. when I did some digging on it and found out more behind it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, that's really, you know, I just a lot of respect for Zappa, you know, as a person right, uh, and as an artist. Absolutely. So.
1: Yeah. Hundred percent. I think that's. I, yeah. I. I think that is. Um. That's the best you can ask for as an artist. You leave yeah. something for people to listen to. They can take it or leave it. But at the end of the day, you know, you leave your legacy behind, and everyone else can 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 try to figure it out. And I think that that's what he did. He sort of lived a life of mystery, and he lived in this world, this this sort of bubble that he created. And is responsible for creating or giving um, a lot of musicians great careers, man. I remember there mm-hmm. was a, there was uh, the drummer Terry Basio, famous mm-hmm. guy. Um, he got his start with Zappa, as a, I think as a young guy. Uh, Zappa gave him a shot, and uh, he became one of the world-renowned uh, drummers, and I got to see him. He came into um, a class that I was in um, and, and taught us a little bit, and uh, he was just such a really nice guy. Um but cool. that—that's what I think of when I think of Frank Zappa. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, and and Zappa is hugely influential.
1: Yeah, and you
0: can see that in the just the musicianship and the also the you know the engineering side, but also like, I mean, you know, you can like bands that you could immediately point at and say you know were definitely influenced by Zappa or like are like Ween, right? right. Um, to me, Ween is like you know little, you know, like the little kids version of, uh, well, maybe not little kids version, but the, you know, the, they, you know, they did all the, the, the early stuff in particular Mm -hmm. where it was just them on a four track and, um, just experimenting and seeing what they could do. Right. And then writing silly nonsense, you know, drug influence songs. Um, (laughs) right. But still, making a huge following and career off of that, you know, and, yeah. uh, that seems, that's very Zappa to me. Right. Um, the flaming lips to yeah. me, I was just gonna definitely,
1: say, I was going to say that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that um, maybe that's the legacy that he leaves is that, you know, like you said, he created a world where anything's possible. You know, you mm-hmm. push the boundaries of what, of what it is that makes you uncomfortable and, good music should do that. I, I I really truly believe that. If rock and roll music in particular is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. It should mm-hmm. it should there should be an element of I want to be I want to be scared by something enough to where I want to be intrigued. Like mm-hmm. that idea is really not available now it's all been done it, it everything's very safe there's a, there's great shit being done right now don't get me wrong but it's not done in the mainstream you know it, it's yeah, for sure, for you sure. know what i'm saying it's not readily available you got to dig for it but yeah, yeah but um that's what good music should do good music should make you question some things about yourself do mm-hmm. i like this music is there something i can find positive about this music is there something that i can relate to in this music and there may or may not be and this is one one of those records where it's not a pop record now not at all in his in his world it is because i mean i'm and i'm just (laughs) i'm just going off the uh i mean he's got songs that are in the 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 four and a half minute range which is pretty good uh Considering that some of the shit was really nuts, but, um, mm-hmm. it plays like a, like the, like the length of a pop record, but it was not a pop record. You know, this is no. like, this is like if, if Sid Barrett, like, this is like a Sid Barrett thing, solo shit, you know, where it's like, he's mm-hmm. talking about fucking vegetables and shit. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's just off the wall, avant-garde shit. And it takes a certain, a, a certain kind of a person that can connect with it. Mm. it's not for everybody
0: yeah 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 i agree man so i guess the ultimate i guess we get down to it um we are we gonna reinvent some kind of a rating system here sure um um okay so i guess out of five um i don't know um what a good uh (laughs) trademarkable um (laughs) Out of five apostrophes, um, <laughs> I would give this. Um, I'll give this. A, I'll give this a three. Wow! And and what I, by? But because of the inventiveness, um, the uh, historical context of mm-hmm. just how you know the artisticness and the historical context of where where was that it came out at this time. Um, the fact that I can listen to it in the background, you know, and not be bothered by it. Right. Um, it's something that I could definitely, you know, if I, if I like, if I worked at a head shop, it's something (laughs) to put on repeat. Right. You know, and never have to think about I'll give it a three, man. It's not something that I'm going to actively listen to again. Um, you know, uh, there's like I said, there's two standout tracks, and only one of them is something that I'm like, yeah, I can listen to this. But even even with apostrophe, um, the title track, it's not something that I'm just like, man, I really just gotta hear this. It's right. just something I, when it does come on, I'm like, yeah, I feel that groove. And you know, because there's a lot. One of the things that throughout this entire album that I really noticed was there's a bass line, and it may be Zappa playing, and it may be. Um, uh, your boy Bruce um, you know um, Jack Bruce playing it but there's all the there's a, there's a baseline that guides you through all of this yeah. and that's the one thing that really stands out and that I could grab onto for the ride right?
1: you know right
0: so um, so yeah so I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a three apostrophes out of five okay and uh, and and yeah so that's, that's it's not my favorite it's not my favorite genre with the comedy and the all that stuff and the, the noodliness, but right. it doesn't suck. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I can appreciate it for so. sure.
1: I so, go, yeah. I'm going to go two and a half. I go two and a half. Okay. Um, it's in it. And it, I mean, actually you talked me up from a two, you talked me, you talked me up from a two. Cause I, I got to give credit to the guy for everything else that he's yeah. done. And Zappa fans all around the world are hating my guts right now. Uh, mine too. But, uh, but it is what it is, man, it's just not my thing. It doesn't mean that it's not great, mm-hmm. and I could see where people would be into it. I get it, you know, but it's just not yeah. it's just not my cup of tea, but again, the playing is amazing uh his his um you can tell he's at a really prolific time in his life where. Um, he's just he's just going and he's just creating the way that he sees that he should create man and putting out the amount of records that he puts out it's amazing the amount of of uh, of dedication you can tell that he's put into the little nuances in every bit of these songs because they're so all over the place man the map I mean if you were to map this stuff out man it'd be all over the place so I got to give him props mm-hmm. for, for that Um yeah i mean he's a legend man he's a legend for a reason and uh yeah yeah for real you know so thank you frank zappa for the music man and uh everything yeah, else that you've yeah, done for for us. sure
0: that was our uh first one there's zappa down and normally we're only going to do one album we're really going to only focus on one album one artist one band per episode we don't really know exactly everything we're doing just yet but that's the idea
1: right well, I'm sure. So now, I'm sure at some point we'll it'll inform us what we need to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all about organic here.
1: So, so we're now. gonna so we're gonna do a double header now. Sorry. <laughs> so, now so, we're <laughs> so we're we're since this is the first one of these uh, yeah. Spin spinjamaramas, we're gonna actually do a double header. So we're gonna get to our next record, which is a record by Dwight Yoakam called This Time. Okay, this this is a record that I spent a couple of weeks listening to. Um, I did that because it's a record that it really. The first time I listened to it, I liked it immediately, and I wanted mm-hmm. to give a few a few good listens to really get into it. Man, and I gotta say, I was a sort of a, a fan from the sidelines before of Dwight Yoakam. Mm-hmm. But really, kind of getting into this record, dude. I I just love what he does. I really do. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, man. I had um, i heard a couple of these songs before for sure, and I mean, yep. I liked uh, a thousand miles from nowhere. Yeah, is a great song. Yep. and um, fast as you, man. Yep. I know those are great. Those are bangers, yep. and those are ones that I remember hearing on the on the radio. Um, Whenever, roughly when this came out, you know, um, and being like, you know, like, not being, they, them sticking out from all the other, the country stuff that I would norm wouldn't well, listen to.
1: I think context, you know? is, Yeah, context is important here because we're in high school at this time still. Right. This yeah. is, this is, unfortunately, we were, uh, we were at the, um, the precipice at a time when in our youth we did not like country music uh, yeah. or at least i did and i'll speak for myself i'm not gonna speak for you but i hated anything that had to do with country yeah. music because it's just where we grew up you know yeah. uh, everybody listened to country music and it just drove yeah. you crazy and i think i lumped him into that that pop country world yeah and, and that was so wrong it was, yeah, that was a agree. wrong, yeah, that was not the way, you know, the, you know, the, those songs on this record, like, you you know, like you had pointed out, you know, sort of the single or the standout tracks, mm-hmm. you know, they're the ones that you listen to, you heard them all the time, you heard people talking singing about it, you know what I mean, yeah. but... There's so much more to this record. And, and I got to say, my personal favorite, my personal favorite song is the title track this time. Mm. It's just his vocal aerobics that he does. I, that's not easy to do to sing that way. It reminds me a lot of like Buck Owens. Yeah. My dad, I grew up sort of on Buck Owens because my dad loved Buck Owens. And it reminds me of that so much, man. That like Bakersfield country, just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. twangy. um not afraid to get up and do the like the little the sh- the tr- the trill into like a shrill type, you know, like mm-hmm. that real that real just honky tonk country thing. I love it, I just love it.
0: Yeah, yeah, this album definitely has a lot of honky tonk, yeah, a lot of classic country,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of like rockabilly. You know, this is the school that Dwight Yoakum went to, mm-hmm. he studied you know, the masters of yeah. that uh, of that kind of craft. You can hear, Big time. and you're going to hear me say this several, repeat these names several times over, but like you can hear the Roy Orb- Orbison. You can hear yeah. Conway Twitty and George right. Jones and, you know, and even some Johnny Cash in there. Yeah, I mean, right. you know, these are, uh, you know, just such good, such amazing like traditional stuff, which was a lot different from, what else was coming out in the music world at that time. Yes. Um, You want to hear some albums that came out in 1993? Yeah, please. Check it out. This is also probably one of the reasons why we didn't listen to it, you and I, knowing you and me.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, 1993. These are the albums that came out that year. In Utero by Nirvana. Oh, God. Bjork's debut oh man Siamese Dream
1: Smashing Pumpkins oh my god Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg of course man listen to it we listen to that record every day man oh yeah dude you know um,
0: Breeders Last Splash I oh, love that yeah, album it's so good um Verses by Pearl Jam wow Wow. Uh, Radiohead Pablo Honey their first album so good yep. when they were a guitar band yes um
1: my favorite era I'll, of them is when they yeah, a guitar that's
0: good stuff man um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm honestly as far as radiohead goes big I love them um, I every album is a different stage of, of development and growth and experimentation and artistry yeah. and I each one of them I think is the best album because they're all good it's true um, that's true but uh, also that year, uh, Counting Crows, to August, and Everything After. That's
1: a great record.
0: That's a It's great a great record, record dude. It it's, is. You know, I have a lot of emotional attachment to that record, but it's a great record as well.
1: That was a record that I don't think gets really, not to get too far off on a tangent on that, but you know, and these other records you're talking about, but that was another record that was like, it was under the radar a little bit. They got recognition mm-hmm. for it but, oh, God. It, Big, it, but it is a solid piece of, that is a solid record, solid record. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. A couple others that were a little bit more under the radar that year, um, but for me, were big ones that were would be big ones shortly after is Icky Metal by Archers of Loaf.
1: Yeah, which is fantastic. Uh, oh, man. Uh, transit uh, Random Noise
0: uh, with uh, – uh, <laughs> sorry. Transit Random Noise Burst with Announcements by Stereolab. Yeah. That was a very, that was a tongue twister for me for some reason. I love Stereolab and they were great. And that was one of their early ones. And then um, to wrap it all up, and this is one that I've never been big on, but definitely, you know, this for you is probably going to be more so was Tools Undertow came out in
1: 1993. Yeah, Yeah, that was, that was a big one. That was, you know, again, that just puts you in that headspace of what time we're talking about. We're talking about a ton of great records. Dude, really a great year for music. We were lucky to live in a time when the last great music revolution happened. It was there was so much great shit happening. There were so many great records out there and great bands. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, and 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 Dwight was was in that you know, same time frame, but he was, as far as I was concerned, he was coming from, you know, a completely different world and I wanted nothing to do with it. And yeah. it's taken me, uh, some time to fit, you know, and, and, you know, I'll say this, that, uh, shortly after high school, I started to get into, um, you know, making records and songwriting and stuff. And I started to really appreciate other styles of music. And so, um, I think that's the reason why I I've sort of, over the years, have really gravitated toward all kinds of music. I just love Mm -hmm. music. Uh, I really do. If it's well done, I'm a big fan. But I have to say this right now. I, I want to give credit where credit is due. And Pete Anderson, who is the guitar player on this record, he also produced the record. And he is a heavy hitter, man. He worked with some really, really great artists, uh, Jackson Brown, the Meat Puppets, uh, Buck Owens, of course, Roy Orbison, all those, you know, you were talking before about what you hear in that record Well, mm-hmm. There's a good reason why. I mean, there is a thick pedigree of, of uh, musicians or, you know... A ton of guys that played on the record, but the uh, also the the unsung hero, in my opinion, on records, a lot of times is the engineer, the recording engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the guy who is in charge of putting mics where they need to be, uh, making sure that the instrument or who's being recorded is done in a way that is capturing the performance, mm-hmm. capturing the the color, if you will, that uh, that will be you know, the defining color to put onto the record. And he just did a great job. It was recorded, as far as I could tell, man, I tried to do a little research on this, but there's not a lot of information. But I did find an article that um, that Dusty Wakeman wrote. Um, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it says that they recorded it at Mad Dog Studios. So I think that's where it was done. Um, mm-hmm. But when you listen to the record, man, like to me, it's the perfect... It's stripped down. It sounds great because it's well recorded, but it's yeah. nothing is overdone. You know, like
0: I, it, I would agree with that.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a band. You know, it sounds like mm-hmm. a band record. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's kind of the testing ground to like you know what makes a great record is you know hopefully a record that sounds like a band playing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there was um, there's enough polish on this that it's sound it's crisp and it sounds good. Yeah. Um, but it's not like overly produced pop generic like a lot of the other what, what was at this time in the in in country. Um, what was the trend that was right. going on? You know, right. when you had like you know like Toby
1: Keith and and right. uh, but and that you know that's uh, another important and all that. Yeah, because all that stuff is all Nashville produced stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. one thing I was reading about him is that he got fed up with Nashville, so he moved to L.A. and he Mm kind of he kind of did his own thing. Um, And that says a lot because you're if as especially as a country artist, man, you need Nashville to play ball. And for him to go and do this his own way, it really. I think I hear it so much more in the records now that I'm listening to them f- coming from that point of view. Like, he's not doing what was popular at that time.
0: No, not at all. He was a rebel at that. I mean, yeah. like, he was a rebel in country music at that time. Yeah. Um, because he had, a, he was less poppy. And he wasn't in that vein with Garth Brooks. Right. And man, I love me some Garth Brooks, but sure, Garth hey. is Garth. You right. know, I mean, you right. know what it is And right. Randy Travis and Toby Keith and stuff like that. Right. And a lot of like you know that contemporary '90s pop country sound that, as it was transitioning from, you know, the '70s
1: right country and, and western 80s country yeah. to
0: western to pop country
1: right
0: to what it is. Right. I guess today I don't really know. But don't pay attention to it it's, it's not my genre well now, it's pop it's, in general it's not.
1: awful it is awful i can't believe that there is no sense of what country music is anymore when you listen to country music anymore honestly you're just you're listening to pop like you're just listening to pop radio it all sounds the same like it's it, a twang yeah i mean if that i mean you get some stuff that's like R&B influence, which which to me, I'm just being honest, man. Why would you... (laughs) (laughs) Why would you do that? There just is nothing... There's nothing tasteful about it. Hip-hop and R&B needs to be hip-hop and R&B, man. It doesn't need to be watered down by, you know, a steel guitar once in a while or... You know what I mean, man? It's just like... Hey, old man. This is the post,
0: post, post everything world. Right, where you can take all genres and put them in the digital blender of you know Pro Tools or whatever, and you can make whatever you yeah, want and right. and and put it up on you know SoundCloud and 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 it'll be popular. I guess I don't know. I don't right. know. I'm so I'm so unplugged from music anymore that it's and I'm fine with it because I mean yeah. you know. I don't care. I like what I like, right. you know. Um, but at the same time, I guess we're trying to expose ourselves to more yeah. stuff. So
1: Right. And that's the thing, yeah. too, is there's a ton of great shit being, you know th- – that's happening right now There really is There there are And I, and I keep my ear to the ground I, I listen to a lot of new bands Because I want to hear what's going on And I and I want to be inspired And I want to mm-hmm. see What the next generation is doing And there are some bands out there That give me hope You know But for the most part Man Like just as far as What's happening on the radio To me Radio is so outdated it, And it's mm-hmm. been outdated For a long time I'll say that yeah. I, I, It's been Since I haven't listened to the radio Since I got out of high school, really. That's Mm -hmm. how long it's been. Because my world evolved around the underground and punk rock and hardcore and, uh, you know, just stuff that was not on the surface, you know, that would, like, the real stuff is always happening in a basement somewhere, you know? Yeah. Kids yeah, indeed. Yeah, kids are throwing shows, and and they're wa- they're getting their minds blown by the next like thing, you know. Um, yeah. By the time it reaches your ears on the radio, it's already done. It's finished, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but that's why I think again why I'm liking what Dwight is doing here because he is he's doing it his way. He's not playing ball. He. Uh, you know for the most part it seems like he has creative control over his career and and what's happened and mm-hmm. it's 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 good it's a great it, this record's a great record and because of yeah. listening to this record i'm actually i'm listening to his other records and and really seeing you know his whole scope of his career cool
0: man well let's get into let's get into the tracks let's get into okay. the meat of it and yeah. start and pull it away a little bit each one and then dissect it just a tad um so the opening track is um uh it was at the last it was the last single that from this album and it's the it's a uh, pocket of a clown
1: yeah that's right
0: and you know what that's a perfect single
1: yeah it is
0: um it's got that, it has that, uh, that kind of contemporary enough contemporary to that 1993 country sound. Um, but yet it still has very much the classical country roots that you, right. you can cl- clearly hear. Yeah. Um, from like the 50s and 60s kind of stuff. And, um, It's like I like the ooh ah ooh ah the kind of you know that's great. That That
1: is yeah, that takes you right back in the time. And the shuffle beat, the shuffle beat is like just you can't beat it, man. It's such a it's a great song. It is, and it's a great way to start a record off.
0: Absolutely, man. That's another thing. This album has some really good it was put together really well yeah. and it's structured really well. And a lot of times people don't think about how, um, albums are, you know, you need that good flow. Right. You know, you just think that this is how they're, it's not how they're recorded. You know, it's not how the songs are written or recorded, right. but it's how to put together. Right. And, you know, traditionally uh you would there were two sides you know with right. when it was an actual vinyl album right two sides to listen to, or even a cassette you know um was set up like that but now but then as mp3s and, and our cds then mp3s came in it's all straight through so it's not it's completely different world yeah um but this one was structured even say, even with that being said, it was still structured really well for a program of the album um, but yeah that was a, that a, inside a pocket of a clown is you know it's just a a great single poppy yeah. um and just just real a lot of fun, you know, yeah um. And, you know, it's got you a know, touch of a rockabilly in there, right, right. and I love that, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, that's going to be, you're, you're going to hear me saying some of the same phrases over and over again about in, in these songs, and I apologize that's if it's boring. That's how it is. So, but, uh, okay, so, yeah, um, I guess, you know, I liked it. It was good.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's good. All right. A, and, thousand, a thousand Miles from Nowhere is the next song. And dude, it's a great song. Yeah, and he's such a great songwriter. And this, a song like this, where I think that there are other songs, of course, um, that he's written are fantastic. But this, a song like this, really shows you the level of of uh, of song mastery that he has. It mm-hmm. just is easy listening. You know, it just it's 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 catchy, super catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just got that. It's just got that, I want to get in the convertible and drive out in the freaking, you know, out West, you know, Dude,
0: definitely, man, that's, de- this is definitely a uh, a road trip yeah. or song or something you can listen to while you're driving for sure. I mean, it's like a great, you know, anthem for that kind of a thing. Yeah, uh, it is to me. This is a it's like I. I think I said it earlier, you know, like this is uh, one this is one of the two that I was really familiar with. Um and I've really liked and have liked and it will even occasionally like come up in my brain. Right. You know, when the right. radio station in my brain starts playing random stuff, yep. it's one that will pop up. Yep. Um if that makes sense to other people, I really hope it does but otherwise oh, yeah. okay. I'm
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> not the only one. But,
0: <laughs> right but it, it pops up there and it's yeah. like yeah it's a good song you know and this is to me this is like if i had to name you know i mean th- this is dwight yokum this song is dwight yokum if yeah. i had to pinpoint this is the one of the two songs um that i would say you know if somebody asked me what it was i am like this one and this one and then there you go yeah you know
1: okay. so uh, Agreed. So,
0: yeah. So that's, that's what I really feel strongly about that one. And it's just, it's a banger, man. Yeah. It's, that's what's still Didn't being he, said.
1: Did he, he won a Grammy for what song was it? Uh, great. Uh, he won a Grammy for, uh, best vocal performance. Oh, for Ain't That Lonely, Lonely. Lonely Ain't That Lonely Yet. Sorry. That was the wrong song. I thought it was A Thousand Miles from Nowhere. Nope. But, uh, yeah, great. Great song. We'll get
0: to that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, that was A Thousand miles nowhere of Nowhere. Like, it got to uh, number two in the U.S. country charts and okay. number three in the Canadian country charts. Wow. Um, so not t- too shabby. Great. So, all right. Well, next was uh, Home for Sale. And this one, um, you know, it's that kind of like, this is that post breakup kind of song, right? You know, yep. it's talking about how, uh, we, we, this is a home that's not going to be used anymore. We don't need it. We're getting rid of it. In the past it's broken, right? It's, you know, been left broken hearted and all that yes. stuff. So It's a
1: theme. It's, not, like, it's a theme. I a like.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that's right. great. And it's you pure know, country is what it that is. It is. is. Um, it's very traditional, and it reminds me of it reminds me of George Jones. It reminds me of Hank Senior. Yeah, and um, I mean, I think it's just spot on with that kind of stuff and that kind of feeling. Yep. and it's a good come down from thousand miles. Um, like the first two songs are like good up fast mid tempo, you know. Yep, and then it's like a home for sales. It's more. Heartfelt and slows it down a little bit, you know. Right. And kind yeah. of lulls you back in like, okay, we don't want we're not gonna we're gonna keep this party going, but we're just gonna pull it back just right. a little bit.
1: Right. Gonna gonna, gonna 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 give you a little something a little something different. A little something yeah. different. Some a, some a, a Miller on for Which, a second, which so. brings us to the next one. Next song is This Time, which is another yeah. different flavor. It is a this is a honky tonk song. Yes, it, it is. And it is, uh, it's just got that thing. There's so much attitude. There's just so much mm-hmm. attitude. Um, I think that was the big draw for me. Like, when the first time I listened to the record, like, I love the standouts, of course, you know, mm-hmm. more of the singles. But, like, this one was just like, fuck yeah, man. This is like, uh, this is just. When I think of. Dwight Yoakam has this air of cool. Do you know what I mean? Yes, indeed. Even though, like, when you look at him, look at him. Yeah. It's the furthest thing from cool that you think he is. You know what I'm saying? But this really captures his persona, man. You know? And like I said before, the vocal acrobatics, man, that he's doing. It's not easy to do what he's doing with his voice on this song. It's really, really quality, man. Great shit.
0: Totally, dude. Um, my notes are that uh, again with George Jones yeah. and Roy Roy uh, Orbison, man. Yeah. Um, big time on this, and yeah, it is um, that honky tonky kind of thing, going and um, it's just fun, man. Yeah. It's fun. If it, you you could dance to this one a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You could definitely. You know. Yeah. You know, s- sitting your honky tonks. Exactly. And, uh, You'd get your best, your you'd
1: get your best girl out there on the floor, yep. and you you two step a little. I could see that, yep. you know.
0: Yep, yep. Good stuff, man. Yeah. And then so, which leads us to um, our our song number five, and I hope we're not going through too fast on this, but um, you know, this is how we're doing it. But I think it's, I think we both liked it so much that it's just kind of flowing a little bit quicker
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: um two doors down this um this is definitely a George Jones Hank Senior yeah. Conway Twitty Randy Travis kind of drinking song
1: yeah definitely you know? definitely um, this this really does encapsulate that it it is uh it is it's a drinking song for sure Just great again. Um, you know, the production again on on this is just, it's just, I love that they were able to sort of capture the nuance of each sort of song and give it what Mm -hmm. it needed. Um, Mm. this is one of those,
0: yeah, yeah. And this is a good, uh, you know, a pair pairing with, um, you know, Home for Sale. And then we picked up a little bit with this time, and then we go back to you know oh well, wow. I'm, I'm 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 lonely but but you know what barry i ain't that lonely yet which is track number six <laughs> that was terrible transition but uh but there you have it
1: oh that was fantastic uh Ain't That Lonely Yet is uh, another quintessential to me. Another quintessential Dwight Yoakam type songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the fact that, like in the beginning, this the the this song is about the you know a breakup that happens, and you know the other person's maybe a bit more fond of the other person, and so mm-hmm. they you know they uh, get lonely one night and want to want to want to want to get together, and and uh, and you know the other side of that is hey man you know. Uh, i'm not that lonely you know what i mean i just love that i love that sentiment of it and it's such a great song um this is another song that to me we heard a lot you know back in the day but listening to it now in context of the record and knowing him a little bit more you know now that we've you know done a little bit of listening it's like a freaking great song man it's it's a great song, and like I've said it a few times, but he's a great songwriter, man. And this is just this is another highlight, another another shining moment.
0: Absolutely. Well, dude, there's not really any bad
1: songs. There's no on clunkers. This album. Yeah, there's. No there,
0: th- really not. No. I mean, you know, like he put us all out into this, and like you know, this is why. Like, you know, this song half literally, well, almost half. It had this song. This album had eleven songs. Half of them were singles, and. Of those singles, like half
1: of the songs um, were singles. There
0: are five singles from this album, ah, from an 11th man. song album, dude. Three of them placed at number two on the top charts. Um, Ain't that lonely yet? Was number two was number one in Canada um, in the country charts, and a thousand miles from nowhere and fast as you, which we'll be coming up on here in just a sec. Um, those were, all three of those were top two you know, uh, out of you know their top one hundred, and then uh, then let the next p- pocket of a clown was t- got to twenty two, but it got to four in Canada. Canada loves Dwight Yoko. Yeah, apparently that's awesome and rightfully so. Yeah, and then uh, tried not to look so pretty got to fourteen, but I mean still like over you know ninety three ninety four is when they those singles came out. I mean, but that's a lot to come out of an album.
1: Big time. You're lucky. You're lucky if you get two singles. Exactly. Honestly. I mean, especially back then, too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, people didn't, people didn't, people were very quick to go through stuff, you know, and if it weren't, if it wasn't hitting, then, you know, you're screwed. So, you know, he had five and that is, that's impressive, man. I did not know that. That's amazing, man. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so the next so the next song is "King of Fools," mm-hmm. which is another great, great song.
0: I uh, mean, basically, same things that we've said about uh, "Ain't That Lonely Yet." You right. know, this is song about you know this is about the guy who's like. Um, I, you know, he's in love with the girl, and he will let her do whatever it is. Right. And he'll her bad behavior, flirting with other guys, hooking up with other guys, whatever. You know, he's just gonna let her get away with it because he's in love with her, right. and he wants to, you know, have right. that kind of connection right. too. And I think we've all kind of we've all been there. We've all been there in some way, shape, or form. Maybe just one time, maybe a lot of times, but we've all been in there. But I mean, that song, this song, really like encapsulates it it really gets it he where he's like I, I i'll i'll let you do this i'm aware that this is happening because i am aware that i'm the king of fools you know right. and, and i right. yes and i understand how right how, how <laughs> sad that is well a man, a,
1: a man is usually the king of fools i mean it's just like kind of how it works out man you know
0: <laughs> for sure for sure especially when love's around oh and it's, around it's so hard man. Of
1: it's yeah we're all idiots for sure
0: yeah But again, this is that kind of that Randy Travis, Clint Black kind of stuff that uh Roy Orbison, you know. That this is the you know again, this is the outsider pop, but still very pop country for you know at the time. So Right, right. All right, so then moving on, next is to me the biggest standout track. Yeah. yeah. Uh is uh Fast As You.
1: It's freaking good. Yeah. Another (laughs) another song about um, you know, Wishing that he could break hearts like, you know, this 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 young lady that he's speaking of, um, you know, uh, but he just doesn't have the capacity uh, to to, to do that, you know, and um, it's just, you know, when you have your heart broken and uh, and there's just not a goddamn thing you can do about it. You yeah. know, it's just you would write this if you could write a song about that is what you'd write. And the, you see that there is, you know, some some a common thread that's running through the record. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure, for sure.
1: It's all about relationships, you know. Yeah. And I mean,
0: well it's it's country for sure. You yeah. know,
1: so <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yep. I mean that's a stereotype, but it's
1: but it's but it's, it's there. It's, it's the human condition, man. That's exactly. why. That's why great country music. I get so pissed off when people are like, "Oh, I fucking hate country music, man!" It's Fucking, you all talk about the same shit. Yeah, if you're if you're if you're listening to bad, you know, bad art, it's going to be bad. But somebody that does what he does so well, and you just if you close your eyes and you listen to what is going on. He he is that he is that thing, man. He he puts on that persona, you know. He he gets to that 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 thing that uh, is so rich. It's so rich, and if you can if you can imitate someone like to the point of it, beco- it becomes your own thing. There's just nothing better. There's no better way to to do. It. I think he's done it well.
0: I think this. It's uh, so it's like, it's, it starts off with that kind of, you know, that, right. that guitar line yep that carries it through yep and then you come in, it's got the drums that are like, get your toe tapping really quick, man. Yeah. yeah. And then like, it's just like, wow, this is fun. This is yeah. a sunny afternoon. Again, top down on, yep. a, on a convertible or in a pickup truck with your arm hanging yep. out the side. And just, you know, cruising around, nowhere particular to go, but just having a good time. And this is definitely one of those kinds of songs. Exactly. And it's got that, um, it's got a pop sensibility to it because it, it is like, it, it's super catchy. Yeah. But it's also got a little bit of that kind of old school, you know, rockabilly kind of stuff to right, it, right, you know? Right. And, um just so good man and it's just so it's just ah, oh, i can't i don't know it's one of those that i'm finding hard to describe because it's just like you hear it you get it it gets inside you you yeah. feel it and you yeah. know it and you acknowledge it yeah and you're like yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It, it's just it's it cooks a little bit too it cooks yeah, yeah. yeah it just it's just churns it churns man you know it's yeah it's a it's a freight train it's a freight yeah. train
0: and it's and it's he's the locals on it are so um, again so country yeah but like but in the best way possible because he gets yep. hey, yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah you know that kind yeah of yeah. <laughs> yeah it's great no it's great man it's so he's, good dude. he's he's in so the po- he's so in the pocket with it he's just yeah yeah it's just great it's great man. yeah
0: this this is like a great this is the peak for me this is like yeah. we built it all the way up and this is in fact it's like it's gotten through a lot of the emotions right. that he that have been kind of presented throughout this, you know,
1: right. Right.
0: It's gotten through all of the stuff and it's almost a little, it's a little bit
1: snarky, yeah, you know, exactly, it's a little bit, man. it's you know, got that
0: punk of rock mouth.
1: Kind it's, of, yeah, he, it's yeah. Got yeah that, it's that punk rock it, thing. It, yeah.
0: It, exactly. I couldn't, I don't know why I couldn't pinpoint that, but it's well, definitely kind of punk attitude towards it.
1: Well, and it, and it, if you look at his history, you know, he played in a lot of clubs with the punk bands, man. And, uh, and he got a good following that way because those crowds that would come see the other bands are like, fuck, I like this guy's like the real deal. He's doing great, like real Mm -hmm. deal, raw stuff, raw country stuff. And, um, you hear that in, what in, you know, that, that's just another, um, another layer to him that is, um, it's just, it makes him, it makes him who he is. It makes him the superstar that he is. And exactly. and to be able to go from that and then, and then now you dial it back down, you go into something a little bit more solemn, like try not to look so pretty. The next song yeah. yeah. is just, a, it's kind of a, it's kind of a heartbreaker of, of just like you're, it's so painful to just have someone that you love so much that is just in your eyes, so beautiful. Yeah, that it makes you a freaking idiot. And we talked about that before. It's kind of in one of those, you know, a theme that's there. But it's like this song really kind of puts the the uh, the bow on that idea.
0: Yeah, this is a much more you know, it's more of the a ballad. Yeah, and it's more yep. of a, a kind of it's got the same feel as uh, kind of like King of Fools. Yeah, but it's also it's you know it's that kind of acknowledging of. I'm not over you. Please, you know, yeah. don't don't toy with me. Yeah, that exa- kind of exactly.
1: You exactly. Exactly. Because
0: I'm going to be honest with you. Try not, you know, try not to look so pretty next time you're, you know, it's right. like, I don't want. I don't, yeah. Right. So,
1: and I'll try not to be an idiot. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, man. Man. So that brings yeah. us to the next song, which is "Wild Ride."
0: Now, here's your honky-tonk.
1: Yes. This is when we're getting out. I love, you know what I love about this song, man? They took, this is where the rockabilly starts to kick in, man. That that slightly distorted vocal, you got the slapback delay on the vocal. It sounds, like if you took, if you listen to Elvis from the 50s, you know what I mean? Like, it's what you picture like a cool, you know, sort of rock thing going on here. It's great. There's a, a, well,
0: there's a lot of Elvis in this album Big time, well. I, big
1: time. It, but, uh, yeah, yeah
0: this one, it, it, to me, it's got some kind of, it's got some of that, um, it's got all that, the rockability, the honky-tonk stuff, it's got a little bit of that kind of 70s, uh, rock, country rock that was going on with the Eagles, yeah.
1: you know? Right, yeah, right.
0: It also has some... It's got some of that the when the Rolling Stones got a little exactly bit more blues man and lost agreed country even you know that's, they got some weird country albums and that's what this reminds me. That's of, very true backing vocals.
1: Yeah, exactly because you got that guitar riff, the bat, bat, you yeah. know, bat, bat, yeah, just hits hard like a Stones riff. Yeah, it, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. Great, great, great song. Yeah, that one just
0: that was you know that's one of the benefits of listening to these things multiple times before we really review it. Yeah. Is i was literally before we recorded um driving driving home and i was listening to the last uh three cuts on this album yep. and just because i wanted to really like i wanted to refresh them but there were ones i didn't listen to as much because honestly i get the number eight i get the fastest you and i'm just like oh, yeah you know and i'm like right. okay i can i can Taper off now. I don't need to pay attention as yeah.
1: much anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but they're solid. J- yeah, they're solid solid songs toward the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah. then we get to you know. Uh, but it, it, it was when I got to this one again. It's like, oh, I hear the Stones in this. I hear that yeah. kind of stuff that I would.
1: So true. Wasn't
0: quite there before. So, so true.
1: So true, man. So true. Again, I mean, how many? You know, I mean, you know, they always say. If you want to be great at anything, go back and listen to the guys that were doing it first. Yeah. You know, and you can tell he's done his homework, man.
0: Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. He knows what he's doing, and that's why you hear... All the classics, all the giants, yep. you know, he's standing on the shoulders, of giants, but he's doing it purposely and he acknowledges it in the music, right. but he also will, you know, he'll tell you himself, you know, I'm sure yep. I've, you know, heard him talk a few times, you know, he, he knows what it's all about and people right. understand it. And that's one of the big appeals of him uh, that he has is he, that he's got this sensibility right. of being, um, new and contemporary and, and, and you know, of the times, but also drawing so closely and so much and being so informed by the best of the past.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man.
0: All right, well, that leads us down to, uh, to Lonesome Roads, man. That's This is the last... At number 11, that's the last track on the album.
1: It's another lonesome sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know... Deserty kind of uh, of a feel, you know, Um, which I that does not need to be lost on the on the listener because I'm sure people they they've maybe maybe never heard uh, Dwight Yoakam or whatever, but um, the Bakersfield sound, Bakersfield, California, was known for uh, country music also, and there was a Mm -hmm. lot of great shit that came out of there. Um, But it does have that sort of just that 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 wanting that you know that. Deserty kind of just like with that with that still guitar man is just mm-hmm. something so just nice and you kind of let your mind go uh, you know yeah. just a, another sort of um it's a beautiful um got some 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 violin in mm-hmm. there uh, a, an acoustic track for for the most of it mm-hmm. um, but just a great again god damn his his vocal hooks are so good man <laughs> yeah. you know
0: yeah yeah this is a great it's kind of it's a down tempo um it's very traditional you know country sound yeah. on this uh, it's a great closing track Ex- for it now is because it just wraps it, just, it right up it does and,
1: man puts a button on it man Yeah, you know
0: and it's like yeah like that that you know the slide guitar, the, the, all the all of this instrumentation on yeah. this
1: one. Just so, and by the by the way, you know the oh. the slide the the lap steel guitar is not an easy instrument to play, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it, it it can't go without saying, you know that all of these guys, music wise, just playing are just heavy hitters. They they bring it and it and it and across the whole record they were able in my opinion man they brought a bunch of different elements from across the board to the record that makes it you know there is an art to writing a record and thought that's why people still make full-length records I I know that people make a lot of EPs now and they do just a lot of single you know releases Mm -hmm. and stuff like that Mm -hmm. But the reason why true artists still make records is because they understand how it, a record works and what a record represents. It represents a, 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 a piece of time, you mm-hmm. know, uh, And and if you do it right and you put it together the way that he's done it, I mean, you can just tell that not anything was was overlooked. Every detail of the thing was put to, you know, put to use. Yeah.
0: Yeah, nothing left out on this album, man. And this was like a go for broke kind of thing, it seems. And, like, he he left it, you know, everything was there. And, you know, this last Lonesome Roads is that perfect kind of, it's the end of the night, the bar is closing, you know, you don't you go home, or you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You know, right. sweeping up all the cigarette butts and the bottle caps and everything. Yeah. And you know, and while the uh, single cowboy is on his slowly moving horse, playing a song as he's going across the the prairie. <laughs> yeah. Or something exa- exa- exactly. Down, yeah. Man. That is. Just, it invokes that kind of it imagery does. to me as well. It does. So.
1: It does, man. Yeah. So I mean, all in all, just a great a great record and
0: yeah
1: again um i'll say that you know i, I was a uh, sort of a, a a fan removed um mm-hmm. i always liked what i heard you know mm-hmm. of course you know later on um in my life i always like oh man you know what i really like i really like what he does man I, I think i could get into his shit you know yeah yeah so, so when it when the opportunity came up to to do this, we had a chance to listen to these records, man. I I was really excited that we had this on the list, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This was uh, a gem for sure. And um, so nice is how it was so opposite of our first with Zappa. So, uh,
1: and our responses
0: are kind of, are similar, but obviously we're more positive on this. So,
1: well, Um, I mean, you can't help kind of what you just, you, you are drawn to and, 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 just like kind of your DNA makeup on these things, you know, it, 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 you can't force something. Now I've got a quick story about Dwight, Dwight Yochan real quick. Oh, so I had, this was a while back. This was probably 2004. I'm going to say 2004. I was, I, I took a plane to Los Angeles. Okay. And this was the time when I was living in Milwaukee. Okay. And on my plane out to LA was Screech from uh, what's that big Dust, TV show?
0: Dustin Diamond. Dustin, Dustin Diamond from Save by the Saved Bell. Say by the
1: Bell. Yeah, yeah. He was living in Milwaukee, but he was he he was on my flight. And so we touched down which you know it's whatever, and then we touched down in uh, in LA and I go down to ba- to Baggage Claim and who do I see at Baggage Claim? Brandy, the pop singer. Brandy? she's there. I'm like, shit. Okay. There's two people that I wouldn't have pictured seeing. So then I get my shit. I go to the hotel and I go down the street to the diner and I go to the diner and I'm eating and I look over and this beautiful, you know, black man was sitting there and I was like, he looks like a statue. And I sat there, and I looked at him, and I'm like, I know that guy. Turns out it's Marcus Allen, the the uh, oh, the ex-running back. Football. Yeah, pro- yeah football, the football player. Yeah. Wow. And, dude, and let me just tell you, he's as beautiful in person as he is on TV, man. I mean, he just looks <laughs> like, you know, like just carved out of stone. Well, so my friend Lewis comes into town, and I go pick him up, and we're in a van, and we're driving down the road, and I'm like, dude, I've seen get this, man. Screech was on my flight. I saw Brandy at baggage claim. I went to the diner. I saw Marcus Allen. And then Lewis and I, right then at that time, I had to turn around because I'd missed where we were supposed to go. And I pull into this random apartment complex right in in Los Angeles. I pull in... And none other than Dwight Yoakam is getting into his BMW or Mercedes, whatever the car was. He's got no hat on, but it was Dwight Yoakam. I'm like, yeah. and I looked over at Lewis and I said, "And Dwight Yoakam, <laughs> there you go, in one day, in one freaking day." <laughs> oh, God, dude, that's pretty amazing, <laughs> isn't that man. funny, man? That's oh, my wow. Dwight Yoakam story, dude.
0: Dwight Yoakam, man, like you know beyond being a an incredible musician um he's also dude he's a great actor
1: yeah dude he's been in some Sling great blade yep yeah
0: and uh he was on the x-files yeah I think it was the x-files or something where he played somebody I think that's from
1: right. he's been on a few man
0: he played somebody I wanted he was in a movie where he played somebody in the that had uh like a farmer. In Roswell, like okay. one of the people that found, like, okay, this yeah,
1: stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: which is weird. So now we can technically, we can
1: link this back to our other show since it's now thematically, there's a link. So. <laughs> <Right. laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Uh, but yeah, so it's, um so that was my, uh, that was my story. And uh, awesome, I'm sticking to it. Cool. That's great. That's a a great story for sure, and one I never heard, man. Yeah, I know. I, I just as we were talking, I'm like, God, I got to tell that story, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. All right. Well, I think
0: it's time. That, to, I think it's time to take a spin, right? Yeah, dude. I think um, we've thoroughly covered Dwight and uh, and Frank, and now it is time to. Randomly select our next album.
1: Yes. And so we have um, I, what I'm doing right now is I am spinning the number generator and we have right now. Wait a minute. Yep. I didn't hear that spin. Oh, OK. Um, okay. Yes.
0: All right. Tell me when. Go. All right. Bear, and roll that wheel there.
1: and our winner is number 36 and what is number 36 Willie Nelson
0: Willie Nelson all right
1: Willie Nelson so what we're gonna do is we are going to find uh, a Willie Nelson record and we're gonna dive into it I think we uh, I think we're probably going to have to go
0: with redheaded stranger.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, that's
0: one of the most well-known Willie albums. So we'll have to go with that. So cool. Cool. All right. Well, another country, uh, legend, Great. And uh, we'll go with Redheaded Stranger. And,
1: uh, or, you know. Let's, you know what, too? Let's tell the people kind of what we have on our list right now. This is a running list, by the way. Yeah,
0: throw out some of the randos that we've got
1: there. Okay. So these are kind of, um, this is in no particular order at all. Um, We've got The Grateful Dead, that's on our list. We have, uh, I'll I'll just kind of cherry pick. We've got Kiss on our list, which surprisingly neither one of us are big uh, Kiss uh, fans. Of course, we know who Kiss is. Of yes. course, of course, we know all that, but we've never really done a deep dive on Kiss. Um, we have, um, we have, Rights of Spring. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, known as one of the first emo bands. Yes, um,
0: yes, and and also uh, part of. Uh, The Fugazi family, one of the pre-Fugazi
1: bands. That's Um, right. Washington D.C. representing hard. Uh, Then we got hardcore. Hardcore. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Uh, We've got Venom. We've got uh, uh, Johan Johansson. We've got uh, Sunny Day Real Estate. We've got the Deftones. We've got Miles Davis. We've got Charlie Parker. We got the Wu Tang Clan, which I'm a big Wu Tang guy. Uh, love the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, We got the Minutemen. We got the Dead Boys. We got Howlin' Wolf. We got Operation Ivy. We got Hank Williams Sr. We've got Caius. We've got Ghost. We've got Reverend Horton Heat. I mean, we've got a lot of great... That's just a few, guys. That's just a few. So we're kind of all over the map. And we we're just gonna we're gonna continue drawing these random uh, out of a number generator. We're gonna continue spinning the wheel for the Spinjamorama records review.
0: All right. Well, hey everybody! Thanks for listening. Check us out on our regular weekly podcast. What's your weird story? Um, you can also follow us on uh, Twitter and uh, on the. Instagram, and all the social media stuff. We'll probably have a, uh, maybe we'll have a Facebook thing. Who knows? You know, but follow us everywhere. Email us at spinjamarama at gmail.com. It's S-P-I-N-J-A-M-A-R-A-M-A, spinjamarama. I I had to spell it out. All right, everybody! Thanks for listening to uh, our first episode, double episode of Spin Jammerama. We hope you enjoyed it. Do let us know uh, what you think uh, on our social media. Our Spin Jammerama also is out there on Twitter and on Instagram. So let us know. We we would like to, you know, if this is if this is cool. If not, we you know we can pack it up and not worry about it or what. <laughs> so
1: yeah, come back next week and we'll we'll get back to what we do. On the norm, I guess. That's yeah, for us. For the wh- norm yeah. for
0: us, for the weird. Yeah, So right. come back again, and next week, WeirdZill will be back at it. <laughs> Until then, be safe.
1: Be weird.